This program is brought to you by the Practicing Law Institute, a nonprofit learning organization dedicated to keeping attorneys, professionals, and accountants at the forefront of knowledge and expertise. The novel coronavirus, known as COVID-19, has rapidly spread around the globe, causing a healthcare crisis, business disruptions, and extraordinary market volatility. As the federal government, states, and regulatory authorities grapple with the appropriate responses to this pandemic, so too do law firms and accounting firms and practitioners. We'll talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic is impacting our practices today on Insecurities. Hello, and welcome to the Insecurities Podcast, helping you stay current on the latest securities, regulatory, and enforcement developments with a practitioner's perspective on the stories you should be following. As always, I'm Chris Ekimoff, and I'm here with my co-host, Kurt Wolf. Good to be with you, Chris. In today's episode, we want to have an informal discussion about COVID-19 and its impact on our lives as practitioners in the securities, regulatory, and accounting fields. Both Kurt and I respect the fact that this is a challenging and difficult time for many, with significant health and economic impacts to populations across the world. We want to leave that analysis and discussion to experts in those fields and talk mainly about our professional and personal adjustments in this evolving environment. With Kurt in Virginia and me in D.C., we are both currently subject to stay-at-home orders, and we're taping this episode of the Insecurities Podcast on the morning of April 1st. As practitioners used to moving and shaking across courthouses, client offices, and coffee meetings in the Mid-Atlantic region, this change has forced us to adjust our working styles and schedules outside of our comfort zone. On this episode, we don't want to focus so much on the spread of the disease or the response. That is, our goal is not to bring you current on all things COVID-19. Instead, as Chris mentioned, we want to stay true to our objective of bringing a practitioner's perspective, and to that end, we'll focus on how COVID-19 is impacting our personal and professional lives. How is regulatory guidance affecting our work? How has the transition to telework impacted our productivity and practice development? How are firms responding to this new normal? Information about the COVID-19 pandemic and guidance from federal and state authorities and regulatory agencies is constantly changing. In fact, by the time this episode airs, some of the information we'll talk about today will undoubtedly be stale. These are uncertain times. There's a lot of anxiety emanating from the COVID-19 pandemic, not just at a macro level in terms of the spread of the disease, but as practitioners on a very personal level. We're dealing with concerns about our busyness, our clients, our families, in some cases, our jobs. So today, we want to just take a step back and talk about some of the issues we're confronting, some challenges, some annoyances, some unexpected silver linings. But first, we want to put those observations in context. So Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about how the SEC and other regulatory agencies, how some of the courts are responding to COVID-19? Yeah, Kurt, as you know, we're both subject to the activities and machinations of the government agencies we deal with and the court systems that we are working cases for. As of March 10th, the majority of SEC personnel have been working remotely. You and I can reasonably expect delays in responses or in the progress of existing cases due to the logistical implications of that remote work at the commission. Further, there's jurisdictions across the country relaxing or suspending some of the time-based mechanics of the court, such as the statute of limitations freeze in New York State. 
Courts are still sorting out which cases and matters are quote-unquote essential and should be prioritized in the current environment, such as protection orders and guardianship matters, as well as civil litigation or complex business matters. Yeah, we've certainly seen sweeping changes at the regulatory agencies and at the courts. Chris, you mentioned that many of the SEC staff are now working remotely. So too are most of the FINRA staff. Both agencies have made clear that they are fully operational, but we're starting to see some changes that will relieve regulatory burdens on regulated entities and promote or comply with social distancing recommendations. Both the SEC and FINRA have extended periods for comments on proposed rulemakings. Both agencies have taken steps to temporarily curtail their exam programs or, in appropriate circumstances, find ways to conduct exams remotely. And FINRA has postponed all in-person arbitration and mediation proceedings. And we see similar approaches in the federal courts. Chris, in addition to the changes you noted that are affecting New York courts, a recent Bloomberg Law analysis found that 85 of the nation's 94 U.S. district courts have taken steps to restrict access to courtrooms, and 79 are encouraging or requiring teleconferences for certain hearings. As I mentioned at the top, there's a lot of guidance, recommendations, other information coming from the regulatory agencies and the courts. And that information seems to be ever-changing. But again, we want to focus on how this is affecting practitioners. And that too feels like an ever-shifting landscape. A recent Bloomberg article predicts that the shift to remote work may change attorneys' habits after the pandemic. The necessity that firms switch to telework could cause some or many firms to embrace telework in ways they haven't before. And we could see more digital or remote depositions, we'll likely see more remote collaboration, and we'll almost certainly see Zoom calls permanently replace some percentage of conference calls. But changes for practitioners aren't only technological. We're starting to see some real impacts to practitioners' livelihoods. Above the Law has reported that smaller or regional firms are conducting staff layoffs or cutting salaries in response to economic uncertainty caused by the pandemic, and austerity measures are starting to hit big law too. Without naming names, of course, we've already seen big law firms announce associate layoffs, employee furloughs, cuts to lawyer compensation, freezing lawyer compensation, or declining to grant raises that were promised in the last review cycle. I suspect there will be more news on that front by the time this episode airs. Suffice it to say, the COVID-19 pandemic is creating massive changes for the way we do our job. And that's what we want to talk about today. So, Chris, do you want to kick us off with the first topic of discussion? Yeah, Kurt, I think we wanted to share a little bit of that practitioner's perspective, but on the details and and nuances of what a day in our life looks like now, um, instead of the the classic version of a commute followed by the headaches at the office. Uh, I know you and I are both dealing with different types of home situations. So why don't you talk to us, Kurt, a little bit about what your stay-at-home day in the life looks like today? Yeah, I I suspect it's like many others out there, although Chris, I know you and I are in uh, slightly different positions. But I mean, look, I've got two kids at home and that completely changes the game for me in terms of how I go about my business. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a dedicated workspace where I can sit with my laptop and work mostly uninterrupted. But it's, you know, trying to get that balance right, trying to get in this very literal sense, the work-life balance, right? Um, everything is a little bit different. You know, I've been slowly adjusting my my work schedule um, to make some space for lunch with the kids, 
but also just trying to figure out where are there opportunities for me to do things a little bit differently, in some cases better uh, working in this home environment. So for me, I mean, it's it's very different. It's very different than you know the typical get in the office, sort of plug in, head down, work all day, maybe a short break to run out and grab a sandwich and, and try to knock it out. I mean, I, I, f- I find that it's a little bit less intensive in terms of the actual you know, head down grind, but much more intense just in terms of the the burden or the, the pressure of trying to juggle sort of two jobs of, of being a lawyer and being a dad. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Well, Kurt, my house isn't as full as yours, uh, but uh, <laughs> between, you know, working uh, as well as my wife being at home, working remotely and our dog, uh, we try to keep a good balance on a day-to-day basis. The biggest change for me is just kind of the schedule. I'm a, I'm a pretty regimented guy, so try to get up early, go to the gym in the morning uh, before walking the dog and heading off to work. Obviously, the gym is now closed, right? There's no none of those gatherings are happening. So get to sleep in a little bit, which is better. And then after a nice dog walk, my wife and I will sit down and talk about, you know, who's got what going on during the day. She's a she's also a CPA, works in-house at a, a, an internet uh, tech company doing internal financial reporting for them. So uh, I'm interested over the next couple of weeks to see who's going to get the home office more, knowing that we're going into the Q1 close. Uh, my guess is I'll be regulated to the dining room table a little bit more than a, than the monitor setup we have in the back room. So other, otherwise, and throughout the workday, I mean, the calls, the the focus on the work, like you talked about, Kurt, is, is pretty similar. Uh, I, it's a little bit easier for me to get a to get a run in at lunchtime or to hop on the Peloton to bust out a workout mm-hmm. uh, when available. I think the biggest annoyance for us at home, uh, you know, our dog is pretty upset at us. You know, she's got a very full schedule of yawning and naps throughout the day <laughs> that that we're now interrupting. Uh, so so her bedtime comes a little bit more uh, uh, early at night based on us being around the house. But you know, that's that's really our biggest uh, challenge here is just managing the the home workspace between the two of us, knowing we're both kind of trying to participate and grind that out. But from a client facing and an internal firm perspective, you know, I work with a national group, right? So a lot of my time, even when it was in the office in the past few months is on conference calls, you know, on the phone with New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. So, you know, a half dozen of those offices are focused on the work that we do together. So our, our WebEx and screen sharing type, you know, working environment has stayed very similar, even though we've all got a little bit of an allowance for a, a crying a child or, or a barking dog in the background. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like in terms of our day-to-day, we're, we're having somewhat similar experiences, right? I mean, we've had to ad- adapt to a new environment and, you know, perhaps not having a- access to all of the things that we would in an office setting, right? But I mean, I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm very conscious that our experience is probably quite different than is the experience of someone who lives, you know, in, in Manhattan um, mm-hmm. and is probably quite different than someone who lives in another part of the country where I think some of the stay at home or uh, shelter in place restrictions aren't quite as restrictive. So, you know, I've sort of been saying throughout our time in, under a stay at home order, you know, I, I won't complain or I won't complain yet, right? Because I, I'm fortunate to have a, a yard that the kids can go run around in. Um, and we've been fortunate to have some pretty good weather. So uh, I know other folks out there are probably having a very different experience than ours. Um, and you know, I'd, I would love to hear about that um, for folks that listen and they want to provide some insight or comments in, in Twitter or in LinkedIn. Um, please feel free to share. But, you know, Chris, it sounds like you and I, despite some inconveniences, are in pretty good shape. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, and, and as I said at the top, we want to be respectful of all of those who are going through, uh, you know, struggles. You know, we're trying to add a little bit of lightness and levity in, in talking about some of the things we're dealing with. So please don't take that as any amount of disrespect to you all uh, focused on some of the tougher topics we're dealing with these days. I think something that, you know, regardless of whether you're in Manhattan or DC or Florida or Texas, anyone who has transitioned to this remote work environment, this sort of new normal that is teleworking, I think we're probably all confronting or struggling with practice management and whether that is, you know, using new tools or, you know, online utilities or applications. Um, whether it's just struggling with a good, steady internet connection. I, I do think there are some challenges that we're all facing. So, I mean, from a practice management perspective, Chris, how, how are you doing? How are you addressing the COVID-19 pandemic and telework? You know, as I said, a lot of my work is is kind of remote, uh, doing air quotes here regardless. And, and about 75% of my current client work uh, is for clients and in, in court matters outside of the Beltway. So if you're imagining kind of everybody sitting in a room together and hashing things out, that's not really how my day-to-day has gone in the past few months. So the only difference is instead of flying to Kansas or Atlanta or taking the Acela up to New York City, you know, I'm kind of at the home office, you know, and conducting those efforts uh, remotely. My teams, uh, you know, as I said, are, are really focused and have been using the WebEx and collaborative platforms uh, for a long period of time. Not to say that not without its hiccups. And we've seen kind of a strain on use you know, across a lot of different meetings and, and projects over time. We now schedule all of our internal client meetings and or our internal calls and client meetings on the uh, five or 10 minutes after the hour, because uh, we found that mm-hmm. dialing into a conference line at 10 a.m. on the dot, you and, and, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of others are doing the same and it can get a little bit jammed up. We also utilize FTP sites, file transfer protocol sites to transfer confidential client information, financial records, things like that uh, over web-based platforms. So again, there's not a lot of that kind of classic movie setting war room uh, scenarios that uh, are happening on a day-to-day basis that, uh, you know, we're having to forego. Also, thankfully, I'm not walking around the house marking up all of the windows and walls with a dry erase marker uh, like Ben <laughs> Affleck does and the accountant, right? So we've got some of those electronic uh, platforms there. You know, our firm itself actually does not have desk phones or office phones. We use a VOIP communication service uh, through Microsoft. So we call each other from our computers. Uh, so again, that's been pretty pretty similar. And, and all of our client information and work papers are all stored on either remote servers or uh, in a Microsoft cloud-based product. So it's basically open the computer, uh, log in through the VPN, and, and everything's basically the same. Um, Kurt, I imagine things at the law firm might be a little bit different, you know, dealing with confidential information or having to remotely file court documents. You know, what kind of adjustments have you seen on the practice management side? Yeah, I mean, some of them have been very similar. Look, I mean, we're doing more conference calls or Zoom meetings and less in-person meetings than we would have before. You know, instead of traveling, we're now jumping on the telephone. And that, you know, brings with it its own challenges. I mean, there are just simple little things, as you said, scheduling conference calls or Zoom meetings at odd times to try to avoid bumping into, you know, however many hundred thousand other people are trying to get on the phone at the same time. I mean, frankly, the same is true just trying to, you know, uh, log in through a, through a VPN or Citrix or something like that. If, if the system gets overloaded with users, 
it can bog things down or just kick you out, right? So I think there was a period of time, and it really only was a, a couple of days where I think people were adjusting to that dynamic and firms were figuring out how to improve or expand their their bandwidth or come up with other technological solutions to make sure that people can work efficiently and seamlessly. And so I, th- I think we're there now. What I'm, what I'm, you know, dealing with or thinking about or experiencing now is more, you know, substantive practice management. How, how am I going to deal with clients? As you said, how am I going to handle confidential client materials? You know, how am I going to make sure that I'm filing things on time, whether that's with a court or with a regulator, which is, you know, arguably less formal in nature. And, you know, I think what I've found is, I'm doing things in much the same way in a different place. You know, the the firm has the same resources available. You know, like you, we use FTPs or or other resources for the exchange of confidential documents and information. You know, it's it's essentially what I would have done sitting at my desk at the office. I, I've had to figure out how to do it here, which you know cost me some time. There was some learning curve one day when I had to figure it out. And now I know, and it's become just another way to do something I would have done anyway. I, you know, I think where things are changing is in terms of how clients are thinking about ongoing matters, how clients are uh, gearing up for or or fear things that might be coming around the corner. And, and just, you know, talking to clients every day and saying, you know, how are you doing? I've had matters where they've, where clients have said, look, you know, we're not a huge company or a huge firm. We want to be aware of the financial strain that the pandemic is going to have on our business. And we kind of want to strip back, you know, non-essential legal spend. So, mm-hmm. you know, if a matter is quiet with a regulator, Let's put our pen down for for a week or two weeks, you know, and, and let's see what happens. You know, on the other hand, I've got cases where I have regulators who are still actively engaged in a dialogue with us about something that they are investigating or examining. I, I mean, I think it speaks to or, or lends credibility to what we've heard from the SEC and FINRA that they are still fully operational and that from an enforcement and an examinations perspective, they're they're pushing forward, right? I'm still seeing that in a number of Mm -hmm. matters. But it's just sort of figuring out with clients how to navigate those waters. You know, where are we? What is essential at the moment? And some of that is driven by their own internal need to refocus on things that are very much uh, related to or arising from COVID-19. Right. I mean, I've got a, a bunch of clients that are, you know, here comes your favorite reference. I've got a bunch of clients that are gearing up for Reg BI and where they have been focusing a tremendous amount of energy and resources on getting ready for Reg BI from a compliance standpoint or, with, or, or even from a back office standpoint. Some of those resources, I think now are being reallocated or diminished in some sense to think about things that are COVID-19 related, right? Especially if you're if you're a broker dealer and all of a sudden everybody had to go to remote work, that changes fundamentally the way that you do your business. And I think that's why the SEC and FINRA um, very responsibly and reasonably have been extending deadlines and kicking out dates for comments on rulemakings. You know, there have been rumblings that they're going to extend some compliance deadlines, including the Reg BI compliance deadline. So a lot of the, you know, the practice management stuff, when you get beyond 
you know, what are the technology fixes, right? Like once I figure out how to use Zoom, what kind of conversations yeah. are, are am I having with my clients in in that forum? Yeah, and I think those delays are important to note as well from the accounting side. You know, the SEC has put out guidance related to when certain corporate filings are due. I'm seeing a delay in that as well as the PCAOB pushing um, audit inspections for I believe it's 45 days. So thankfully, um, globally speaking, the impact of the coronavirus has really changed uh, not only the client perspective, but also the regulator perspective on those issues. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I think, look, the conversations that we're having with clients even go potentially beyond just the practice management, right? The sort of nuts and bolts. How do I how do I manage your matter? Um, but part of our job, frankly, as uh, mm-hmm. as a lawyer and as an accountant, is to is to generate business. Um, you know, business development is a huge part of what we do, and I, you know, I think we're we're starting to see some changes there. But I mean, Chris, what do you think? I'll tell you, Kurt, from a a real talk perspective, it's been a bit disheartening to be a homebound consultant. Uh, if if you and our listeners haven't yet figured it out, I'm a I'm a pure blood extrovert. You know, my energy and enthusiasm comes from interacting with with other folks, meeting new people. Uh, I look forward to those kind of coffee meetings, the lunch discussions and and happy hours, both for the collaborative nature of them, as well as the uh, fair that will be imbibed at those happy hours. So all of that has really come to a stop. Actually, I've been running, uh, Kurt, you're a member of a monthly networking group we do here in D.C. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had our first ever flat out cancellation last month in, in our seven year history. So Unfortunately, we weren't able to meet in person, but uh, we did get to, you know, share a beverage from the comfort of our homes via FaceTime uh, with a handful of folks who were available. So the commute was a little bit better on the way right. home than 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 finding the Uber. So, uh, you know, in terms of developing new clients and engagements, you know, our focus really has been to cast a wider net. We are completely respectful and understanding of kind of the next four to 12 weeks of change. To your point that we just discussed, you know, clients are really kind of taking stock of their internal financial position or legal exposure and saying, hey, is this the time to move forward with this? Or can we put this on the back burner? But also, you know, I like to use the phrase that, you know, when the tide goes out is when you find out who's swimming naked. Um, there may be a lot of uh, issues and developments that happen based on, you know, the the lack of financing or the inability to meet debt covenants or, or, or some other uh, agreements from a civil perspective that might lead to, to future casework down the road. So in casting that wide net, I'm trying to keep us uh, out in front of potential clients, uh, you know, as a, as a resource for those issues when they come in. On the more, you know, kind of tactical perspective, I've been doing what I call virtual coffee meetings, you know, meeting via webcam with, with a contact or, or a potential client and just to say hello. The first 45 seconds are always a bit interesting of the, hey, can you hear me? And not looking at the camera from a webcam perspective. But it's actually been you know, kind of uh, endearing and enjoyable to, to get to know people through that medium and, and really understand that, hey, we're all kind of stuck in our houses here. Let's try to, let's try to keep talking shop as much as we can uh, after that. And then outside of those coffee meetings, our firm internally actually is tracking uh, opportunities, pursuits, uh, engagements with a, a flag or a tag for COVID-19 related decisions. So we're trying to understand from a broad market perspective, okay, we've got 100 opportunities in the pipeline for the next six months. 55 of them are being flagged as, as impacted by COVID-19, whether that means 
the opportunity is is ending, right? The client doesn't want to look into that issue or, or doesn't need to respond to that assessment uh, as it stands today, or just being delayed. We're getting the, hey guys, you know, let's pump the brakes here. We need to focus, uh, to your point earlier, Kurt, to how we're going to respond to coronavirus issues, and we'll get back to this later. So we're trying to be smart about that, not only from a internal tracking perspective, but also from a client relationship perspective, right? We'll reach back out in a few weeks or a few months to, to check back in on those matters that we've seen uh, being delayed. Uh, one of the unfortunate outcomes we've talked about on, in our prior episode in discussing with George Wilson is is the cancellation of, of some of the events we look forward to. Uh, SEC Speaks is, would still be happening or would have just wrapped up yesterday uh, if it had been uh, maintained on the same schedule, uh, as well as you know one of our favorite events through the year, the ABA's White Collar Crime Conference in San Diego a couple weeks ago was canceled. So our firm actually uh, sponsors the, the White Collar Crime Conference and a couple of other uh, major efforts that are being delayed. So we're having to rejigger that budget a little bit, see where we can take those dollars and and put them towards marketing and, and development efforts in our local uh, markets and in the major litigation support cities we work in. So it's been a little bit of a struggle, but we also kind of are in that what's called busy season, right, from the accounting perspective. So our audit and tax folks, as well as our valuation and consulting guys, are really kind of humming along because those things will still be coming out now with a little bit of delay from the SEC and the PCAOB side. But you know that that business kind of development and, and, and hard work of our of our folks in those environments is still still moving on. So hopefully that's a benefit we see, Kurt. But how have things been from the business development side for you? Yeah, I, I think we're again having a somewhat similar experience. I mean, maybe that should be expected. You know, I, it's funny that you that you use the phrase. You know, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. My first boss used a a somewhat mixed metaphor, and he always said, "When the when the tide goes out, you see where the bodies are buried." And I'm not sure if that's exactly <laughs> right, <laughs> but we'll it always uh, yeah, it always it always stuck in my head. And you know, I, I think that's right for folks that practice in in my space or in our space. You know, you probably will remember well that you know post financial crisis in in 2009, 2010, 11, 12. Those were really busy years because I think that when you have these moments or seasons of, you know, severe market turmoil, you know, things are found out that that weren't necessarily obvious to investors or the market or even to regulators in a period where, you know, the, the market trajectory is just sort of up, right? When you're just in this bull market, things sometimes go undetected. So, you know, I, I suspect there is going to be some kind of, you know, moment in the future where things are going to be uncovered. And it doesn't always mean that things were nefarious or massive frauds, but, you know, people are going to come back online and they're going to start digging into headlines that they saw in the newspaper uh, or things that they read through other media and just start pulling threads. And it always gives way to some wave of investigations and enforcement work. So, you know, for me, there's the potential uh, that this busy season is on the horizon, but it's, you know, what do I do between between now and then? And that I think is where the struggle is. You know, as I, as I mentioned earlier, so many clients, I mean, it, it's difficult just to get their attention at the moment, because so many things are changing so rapidly around COVID-19 and just trying to figure out whether it's their their back office or their client facing uh, employees, like what do we need to do? How do we make this work, right? That there, There's not a, a lot of space even for a, a virtual coffee, right? I mean, mm -hmm. some folks 
for sure. But, you know, my, my broader observation is that a lot of people just don't have the time for that, right? Because like us, they're not only trying to manage these incredibly difficult and complex challenges that are confronting their, their businesses or their business lines, but they're also working in a home office, you know, with a dog or with kids, um, of course. you know, in the background or with a spouse who's trying to, to share the office and says like, Hey, it's my hour for the for <laughs> <That's right>. quiet <laughs> space. Um, so I think it's difficult. And, and the way that you would normally um, spend time with clients, socialize with clients are things like SEC speaks, things like the ABA white collar conference. I mean, I know I usually go to the annual SIFMA CNL conference that, this year it was supposed to be in Orlando and, you know, like the ABA conference, it, it was canceled. Uh, you know, other things you, you might do or that I from time to time do are go and do lunch and learns for clients, right? Just, just spend some time with folks. And, you know, none of that is happening. And, and I do think that there is this, in a sense, an, an added awkwardness to it at the moment, right? Because everybody kind of knows where, where everybody is. And I, I think I told you before, Chris, I've been thinking about this a little bit in terms uh, of politics as an analogy, right? So, I mean, as we all know, this is this is a big election year. It's a presidential election year. And, and there are going to be important repercussions, whether that's, you know, who you vote for for president or who you vote for for your U.S. senator or for your U.S. Um, representative. And I, I know that they're trying to figure out right now, how do we ask for money in, in this time when people might not have it to give or they might not be inclined to do so because everybody's doing some belt tightening, right? So I, I see fewer emails with that ask. I, I kind of feel the, the same way, right? I don't want to, to give a wrong impression to a client, you know, clients that I, that I know well, I have personal relationships with, I'm absolutely reaching out to them to say, hey, you know, how you doing? How's your family? But it's sort of that, like that next level, that sort of like, I'm still here. And, you know, if when the tide goes out, you either see who's swimming naked or see where the bodies are buried, bodies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, don't forget about me. There's yes. an awkwardness to it that I of think, course, yeah. that, that I think we're all dealing with. So I don't know. It's a, it's a strange time from a, from a client relationships and business development standpoint, it's, it's unlike any period I've ever lived through. Yeah, I think I think that's right. And and seeing kind of the the crux of cases like you said that came after the financial crisis. You know, we just saw a study come out uh, last week about insider trading profits are were much higher in the 2007 to 2009 period. So we may see some similar issues coming coming along that road. I don't want to be all doom and gloom today, Kurt. So I know we wanted to talk a little bit about what might be uh, some of the unexpected benefits uh, or something uplifting that's happened to, to either of us as we've moved into this kind of stay at home transition. So hopefully we've got some uplifting things to discuss here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's not all bad. And and I hope that folks are, are able to step back and try to get that perspective, right? I mean, you know, f- for me, even if I just assume I'm going to work roughly the same number of hours every day. I I now have extra time to spend with my family, you know, to to see my kids. And I know that that they love having me around, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many times during the day 
the the door to my office has glass panes in it and they'll just sort of I'll see their their little heads kind of like pop up and they'll wave at me <laughs> through the door right but there I mean it's nice to kind of have that closeness you know I know that because I don't have a commute on either side of my day that when it's been really nice the kids will come and say after lunch like hey can can we go for a walk and if I don't have a deadline or if I don't have a call I have to get on yeah, I can go for a walk with them for 30 minutes in the middle of the day, get a little a little fresh air, a little vitamin D, and then you know come back actually a little bit refreshed and get back to work for the rest of the day. So, I mean, look, nobody wants to feel cooped up in their space for a seemingly endless period of time. But while I'm here, it is really nice to get to, to be with and around my family a little bit more. Yeah, that, that walk in the afternoon sounds a lot better than fighting with the office uh, copier to get things out of the uh, the drawer, right, appropriately. So definitely yeah, uh, exactly. a little bit of a There's there. a jam in tray three. What what about you? Are you experiencing any any silver linings? Yeah, I'd say my productivity on the uh, honey-do list is through the roof uh, in terms of getting getting laundry done or, or little yeah. projects around the house, right? So Same. kind of the corollary to, to the free time. Uh, being around there. But uh, one of the, the things I've noticed, and we talked a little bit offline about is I work with a partner who has a long commute up in the New York area, and he will drive in and out of the city every day. And on days where we're really cranking on some client work, he'll call on his hour and a half drive home and just start riffing on anything and everything that we got to do for the client or new thoughts that have popped into his head. And it's a bit frustrating, right, to, to be in front of a computer trying to catch everything and, and find the references and talk through some of the analysis to somebody who's staring at the steering wheel of a luxury car. Thankfully, now that that individual's not driving home and calling me with, uh, you know, kind of his internal musings on, on client stuff. So we can have those conversations a lot more productively uh, instead of hearing, a, you know, honking on the, the Jersey Turnpike uh, <laughs> while we're trying to discuss whether the, uh, the books are balanced or not. So right. um, it's been a, it's been a good good change from 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 that perspective, you know, to, to tell a funny anecdote. But I think what we talked about a little bit before, Kurt, is that we're all kind of in this together, not to sound too, you know, corny, but clients, regulators, you know, the folks that we're working with from a business perspective understand that, you know what, if we can't schedule this tomorrow or the next day, we'll get back to it next week or, you know, send us that invoice or get us that report when you can. You know, those types of things are being a lot, you know, a lot more respectful uh, as, as we work together through all of this. And, and that's really been a great takeaway um, as we deal with it in, in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Chris, and and one to maybe sort of start winding down the conversation around. Look, we are all in this together, and we've got to remember that people are are dealing with this in very different ways. You know, this this hits people in any number of ways, and you know, some people I think are really struggling with this transition financially. Some people may be really struggling with it from a mental health perspective. Mm -hmm. And I, I just want to make a plug for anyone out there who's listening, for anyone out there who needs help, you know, financially or certainly with respect to your mental health. There, there are a number of resources available to you. For many folks who are in big firms, the firms make resources available to you, but also the American Bar Association, the AICPA, state bars and state accounting and auditing auditing regulators have mental health resources available. Um, some, Chris, I know you mentioned to me the AICPA has some resources available for smaller firms or individual That's practitioners right. who mm -hmm. may be struggling with the impact of COVID-19 financially or are facing threats to the survival of their, of their business or practice. 
don't feel like you're in this alone, folks. If you're listening, we we really are all in this together. If you know a safe distance apart, take advantage of the resources that are available. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your families, and you know we're gonna we're gonna come through this. Whether it's in June or not until September, whatever happens, we are going to come through this. But between now and then, we we've all got to take care of of ourselves and to the extent we can of one another. All right, Chris, that that I think is a sufficiently somber note. Any high level takeaways or last thoughts for today? You know, it's going to be from a practitioner's perspective, it's going to be an interesting time for whenever this comes out on the other side. And there may be some lasting changes, right? As you talked about, uh, you know, attorneys, accountants and others may be reformatting and and refocusing as they move forward. So uh, let's use this opportunity the best we can to get through it, as well as to to think about how we work and, and the ways that we can support each other. So one of those ways is obviously reaching out to us. Please let us know through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, if, if you'd like to chat more about some of the COVID-19 issues you're seeing, uh, other practitioner stories or anecdotes you want to share, please use the hashtag InsecuritiesPod, and we'll be happy to cover those on a future episode as we'll be recording remotely uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, so thanks for working through that with us in these coming days. Yeah. And you know, just a note on that, look, we are planning to continue our usual schedule of uh, recording and releasing episodes. We've actually got a couple really good, a couple really interesting episodes coming up. Today, we just wanted to take a step back, acknowledge what's going on in the world, and, and sort of give you a view of, of how it's affecting us and what we're seeing and hearing. But do stay tuned. We're going to have plenty more to come from the Insecurities Podcast. And thank you to all who took a minute to listen to us today. That's it for today's episode of the Insecurities Podcast. To learn more, visit us on the PLI website, pli.edu slash insecurities, or find us on Twitter. I'm at Ekimoff CPA. And I'm at enforce underscore update. And follow us using the hashtag insecurities pod. Be safe, everybody. Take care of yours. And and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Insecurities, a podcast from PLI, the Practicing Law Institute. PLI is a nonprofit provider of authoritative professional services training and continuing education. In an increasingly complex business environment where intricate corporate structures reign, insecurities can help you make sense of it all. A special thanks goes to the producer of insecurities, Daniel Pinitz, as well as hosts Chris Ekimoff and Kurt Wolf. For more information about PLI's SEC Institute or to view hundreds of hours of fresh and relevant on-demand programming covering changes within the security sector, visit pli.edu membership and sign up for a privileged membership. These recorded materials are designed for educational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal, audit, tax, consulting, business, financial, investment, or other professional advice, and it does not create an attorney-client relationship. Please consult a qualified professional advisor before taking any action based on the information herein. Furthermore, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individual participants. PLI, Troutman Sanders, and RSM do not make any representations or warranties, express or implied, regarding the contents of this podcast. CLE and CPE credit are not offered for listening to this podcast. Users of this podcast may save and use the podcast only for personal or other non-commercial educational purposes. No other use, including without limitation, retransmission or editing of this podcast may be made without prior written permission from PLI.